Hey guys, it's Rachel and welcome to another week of life and the Rachel Hollis podcast. Today I want to talk about transitions, specifically what it feels like to be inside of a transition because I realized recently that almost every friend I have is in some kind of big life transition and I thought maybe it might be the same for y'all. So I want to talk about transitions today and how that makes us feel and also some things that are really helpful for me and my friends as we've had these conversations about different change in our lives and the things that we're finding that are helping us. So that's the intention today is to talk about going through change, whatever that looks like for you, and some ideas that I have that might be helpful and maybe will spark your curiosity to pursue things that'll be helpful in your own life. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Let's start with where this idea came from because it's pretty wild. I had to, not even, I'm not going to say had to, I got to go on a business trip recently. And I say got to because obviously in the world we've all been inside of, I haven't had a lot of opportunity to travel and I definitely haven't had a lot of opportunity to travel for work. So it felt like a super amazing blessing to be able to take a business trip. And I do just want to take a moment and talk about a reminder for myself and maybe for you too of those things that we took for granted or maybe even right now in our lives are taking for granted, like being able to travel and see your friends or being able to go and sit with other entrepreneurs and talk about projects. Like that was such a part of my life pre-COVID that was gone. And there was beauty in being able to be home and be present and have that time with my kids. Like that was such a gift. But in getting to go on a trip, I was like, oh my gosh, I miss this so much. So I was really grateful to have the opportunity to, to go on this trip. And I went on a trip to Idaho. I know that's a, I've never in my life been to Idaho until recently. And I was up there for work and I happened to be staying at a hotel that was right on the green belt in Boise. And if you don't know this about me, my favorite thing in life is running outside, especially in a new city. And in this instance, I decided because I had never been to this place before, I was going to grab a coffee and I was going to walk around 
the green belt. And it was so beautiful. And I just want to shout out to the city of Boise because you are gorgeous. And I went to this cute little coffee place called Form and Function, also delicious. I recommend the oat milk cappuccino. Thank you to the girls there who hooked me up. And I and I walked around the river. I think it was a river. But it was such a beautiful morning. Like I'm out in nature, I'm having coffee, I'm listening to music. It just like could not have been a better experience. And as I'm walking along, I see something out of the corner of my eye. Now, if you are familiar with this area of Boise, maybe this is normal for you, but this was very unusual for me. In fact, if you guys could let me know if you're Idaho people and you could let me know if this is normal, because I felt like this was like a scene from a movie. So I see something out of the corner of my eye and I look over and like 10 feet away from me, a gigantic owl has landed on a fence as I'm walking by. Gigantic. Okay, number one, I have never seen an owl in the wild in my life. Maybe maybe this is normal. Maybe this is par for the course if you live in Idaho. This was a first for me. So I'm tripping out. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's an owl. Of course, I have my phone, so I record it because I want to show my kids. Like, this is so amazing. And I just stand there, and this owl looks at me, and I look at this owl, and I'm just tripping out, and this is wild. And then I carry on with my walk. And when I got home, I was showing it to my kids and my oldest son was like, mommy, that feels like magic. That feels like some, like that feels like maybe it means something. Like don't owls only come out at night? Like why is this owl flying up and stopping in front of you and then just staring you down for very long minutes? So he looks up, don't laugh at us. We're nerds. He looks up like, what does it mean if you are visited by an owl? And he sent it to me on my phone because he was like, I feel like you need this. The owl usually symbolizes death. So fingers crossed, that's not what this owl was visiting me for. But it can also mean a great change will come into your life. Owls represent transition. In other words, it will guide you during difficult times in your life. And here's what's crazy is that I had already thought about this idea of transition. I've been in this conversation with so many of my close friends, with my entrepreneur friends, my friends who are pregnant for the first time, my friends who have lost someone or are going through a divorce. Like It just feels like everybody is in the midst of this big transition. So when Jackson sent me this screenshot telling me that this owl represented transition, I was like, okay, this is crazy. And I want to do a podcast about transition because the universe is talking. And even if it's only to me and like one other person, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, girl, I am the one that needs to hear about transition because I'm in it. Okay, this one's for you. Maybe it's just for me and you, friend. But here we go. I want you first to rest. And yes, rest. That feels hard. But rest with me in the knowledge that you are not the only one who is going through change. And what's interesting about every single person I know who's in the midst of change is that it's not easy for one of us. Not one of us is in the midst of change and like living our best lives. All of us are in the midst of change that is uncomfortable at least and deeply painful at most, but 
part of the process with a transition is you're in it. And you can't turn around and go backwards because that's not going to save you. The only way out is through. There is a really famous scripture in the Bible that says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And it's a it's incredibly popular in the Christian faith, and it's one that we reference all the time and that people talk about. And I heard it a million times growing up. And it really wasn't until I was older that I unpacked that scripture in a different way. Because for me, growing up, I always heard it. And what I heard was this idea that, you know, even though I'm in this dark place, I will fear no evil and God is with me. And if you grew up in church, maybe you are vibing with what I'm saying right now. But it wasn't until I was older that I caught a word that I hadn't caught before, which was through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say that you stay in the valley. That scripture doesn't say that you sit here. That scripture doesn't say that you stay in the spot. It says, I am walking through this thing. And it doesn't mean that it is not uncomfortable or painful or hard or awful or all of those things, but it still references that we are moving through something. So what I want you to hear if you're in the midst of it right now is you are not alone and also the process is to move through. And the good news is, with that process, every step forward, even if it's like the tiniest, babiest millimeter forward, gets you closer to the other side of whatever this is going to be. I think a lot of you know I have a tattoo on my wrist that says, embrace the suck. I got that long before 2020, but man, did I look at that a lot during 2020 and honestly during this year as well. Every good thing, every good thing I have in my life came on the other side of a hard transition. So resting in the knowledge that you're not the only one and resting and believing and having faith that there is goodness on the other side of whatever it is you're walking through. That is where we need to start. Now, some ideas, I promised you guys some ideas that I've been talking about with my friends that we have found really helpful. And I am going to tell you right now, if you're a longtime listener to the podcast or you've read any of my books, some of these are things you've heard me talk about before. But repetition is what makes something stick. And I can't tell you how many times I have heard or read something or like I know it, but then I'll hear a teacher, an author, a speaker, a podcaster, someone will say it again. And I'm like, oh, it just pierces me in the heart on the exact day or in the exact season of my life that I need to hear it. So don't skip past these if you're like, well, yeah, I already know that habits matter. No, no, just like sit in this conversation because maybe there's something in it that will spark another idea for you. So since I mentioned it, let's go ahead and start with habits. Because when we're in something hard, there is no greater thing that I know of to get me through than the habits that I already have in place. If you want to dig into this, I wrote about this extensively in the last book. Last book's called Didn't See That Coming, and it's all about the hardest seasons of our lives and how we can get through them. And I talk a ton about habits, specifically that the hard seasons are not the seasons we build habits in. The idea is that you build habits 
when life is going well, when life is good, when life feels like you've got it and you're, you know, you've got that momentum and you're moving forward, that's when you build habits. Because those are the habits that you're going to need to sustain you when it gets hard. And I, like I said, I've talked about that a ton. You don't have to buy that book. Go get it at the library for free. Like you can grab it on audio if you like to listen. But there's a ton of information on habits I'm not going to dig into today because y'all have heard me talk about it a lot. But I do want to tell you something that I had, you know, Oprah calls them an aha moment. Like I had, it was like a light bulb, epiphany, crazy realization for me. And I hesitate to even say this. I haven't said this to anybody because it seems so simple that I feel like if I tell people it was an epiphany for me, they're going to be like, you're stupid. (laughs) I literally don't want to tell my friends because they're going to be like, obviously. But sometimes, I don't know if y'all feel like this, but sometimes it's like the simplest way of thinking about something is what helps me have like a breakthrough that goes 17 levels deep. So this was my big breakthrough. I was up in Idaho with my friend Russell. He and his team are so incredible, and I was working with them, and we're working on a project and having this great time. And he was telling me about a book, and Russell's a huge reader like me, so he's like, you have to read this book. And he is my friend that recommends so many things to read, and he's never wrong. So he recommends this book, which is called Outwitting the Devil. Okay, I know this sounds wild. Hold on. Yeah, I had to look to make sure I was the right thing. So it's called Outwitting the Devil, which is maybe not something I would ever normally pick up. But the reason I wanted to read it is because it's by Napoleon Hill, which is, if you guys have never heard of Napoleon Hill, people love him, people hate him, but he is essentially the first person who ever wrote a book on personal development or mindset back in, gosh, the 20s. Yeah, he wrote it in the 20s. And it is still today the number one best-selling book on, I, I don't know if it's in all of personal development, but the book is called Think and Grow Rich, which I know sounds super douchey, but it was the 20s and he was interviewing people like Rockefeller and Edison and um, basically the biggest, uh, most successful people of the day. He interviewed all of these people over the course of many, many years and basically asked, what is it that made you successful? And then he also interviewed people who had struggled with success and asked them what they thought made it so that they weren't successful. So it's a very famous book. It's been around for literally 100 years. Like it's whatever. And I've read it years ago, sort of like with a grain of salt. I'm not one of those people that is diehard Napoleon Hill. Like I read it because I just kind of wanted to understand why people are so obsessed with it. But I know what it is. And that is the backstory for you to understand why I read this new book. So it sounds a little bit like an urban legend, but I'm here for marketing. So, okay. Allegedly, I'm saying allegedly because this just sounds like it's in like the Da Vinci Code or something. So Allegedly, Napoleon Hill had a manuscript for a book that he wrote a year after he wrote Think and Grow Rich. And in this book, he is, this sounds, I'm, this sounds wild. It is wild. It's crazy. He's basically imagining doing an interview with the devil. And he's asking the devil, why, like, tell me everything you do that destroys humans? Like what is every trick that you use? How do you get people to 
give up on themselves? How do you get people to not care about life? How do you get people to hurt other people? Like it's this very long, kind of crazy. I'm gonna be honest. It's kind of crazy. But what got me to want to read it was this sort of urban legend part, which is that he wrote it and a year after he wrote this other book and then didn't want to publish it because he was too afraid that if this information got out that like he would be sort of destroyed publicly. And then his wife also carried this fear. So after he died, then she was too afraid to publish it. And it just sort of kept getting passed down generation to generation. And it became this like everybody was afraid that the family would be cursed if this book came out. And lo and behold, someone finds it in a desk drawer and magically here it is in 2020. Okay, right? That sounds a little bit like marketing and branding and whatever, but I was curious. And um, my friend had a copy of the book and he was like, this is crazy and there's some good stuff in here. So he gave me it to read on the plane. And I did. And there's a lot of stuff you probably read before. I honestly skimmed a ton of it, but I did think that there was information in it that I was like, I agree. I do think that these are some of the things that throw people off. It gets really (laughs) deep into like politics, religion, education, which is kind of wild when you think about the fact that it was written a really long time ago. But all of that to say, remove all of that backstory for this moment right here. There was this one like throwaway line in this book that like knocked me sideways. And I just, I have been sitting with it for days and days and days. Habits come in pairs and triplets and quadruplets, but never, ever alone. Habits come in pairs or triplets or quadruplets, but habits never, ever come alone. And that is the simplest idea. And it blew my mind because if you know anything about habits, and I feel like if you know me, I've, uh, yeah, I've just talked about it so much. You can go read Charles Duhigg. You can go watch YouTube videos. There's so much information on the power of habit. But beyond knowing what a habit is and how it works, this was the first time that I ever realized that habits really only are going in one of two directions. Your habits are either getting you closer to the person you want to be or moving you further away. There is no stasis. There is no middle ground. It is either getting you closer or moving you further away. That's it. Okay. So if that, if I believe that to be true, and I do, then I was able to sort of take this idea like, oh, habits come in pairs, meaning that one great habit begets another and one negative or hurtful habit in your life also begets another. So I can really easily see in my own life that when I am engaging in habits that are getting me closer to the woman I want to become, to the mama I want to become, to the friend I want to become, all of those things, when I am making choices that get me closer to that, it's so like I'm automatically choosing the next right habit that keeps me on that path. But then when I flip it and say, oh, you know, I've had a really hard day, I'm going to have a cocktail. Like I'm going to I'm going to choose something right now to kind of make myself feel better in an easier way because I know that that's like easy and quick and it's much like faster for me than if I went on a run. So if I choose that habit, which I don't think is a bad thing, like I love myself a vodka lacroix on occasion, I also am more likely to choose the next habit because they come in pairs that is moving me further away from the person I want to be. 
So that was just like a really profound association for me to make inside of this time of transition is reminding myself that the choices we make, even the simple ones, have consequences. And those consequences aren't necessarily like end all, be all, make the world come burning down around you or, oh, do this one thing and everything's going to go exactly right. But it is, they are all connected. There, there is a connection here through all of these things that we do. And if I can keep that in mind, I can remind myself that this isn't just a simple one-off thing that I'm going to do in this moment. This is me stepping into a path that is going to take me further away or closer. And once I'm on that path and I'm moving, it's much harder to course correct. So that was just a really helpful thing for me inside of this season. I've been talking about it with my friends is when we're in those hard times, it's more important than ever, than ever, ever, ever to make sure that you're sticking with the habits that are good for you, that are good for your heart and your head and that allow you to feel self-care and allow you to do the things that are like really going to lift you up as opposed to those quick fixes that are going to make me feel good in this moment, but I know are going to set me up for failure later. So digging into habits, again, I'm not going to do an hour-long combo on this because I've taught on it so much. You could probably scroll back in podcast episodes and find tons of conversations about habits. But I just wanted to share that one in case it's helpful for anybody else here, just this idea that habits come in pairs. You're making a good choice, then you're probably going to make another good choice. But if you're making a choice that's not good for you, you are, if you're not really conscious of it, you're likely going to keep making choices that are not great for you. The second thing that I wanted to talk about in transitional seasons, hard seasons of change is what really matters always, always, but especially when your world feels chaotic is what is your foundation? What are your values? What are the things that no matter what's going on, those will remain the same? I think of it like a house, and I think of it as the difference between the foundation of the house and like the aesthetic of the house. If you think of yourself and your life as a home, what are the like the structure and the foundations that are going to be you no matter what versus the aesthetic might change. Like we might paint the walls, we might remodel, we might look different on the outside so long as those core values that we have as individuals stay true to us on the inside. Like what are those capital T truths? And I can't tell you what these are. This is something that you have to know for yourself that you understand are your core values and it does not matter how much the earth is shaking or maybe you're changing jobs or careers or you're in a new relationship, you're leaving a relationship. Like it doesn't matter what's happening on the surface level when the core is true and strong. Foundation versus aesthetic. And if you haven't before, this is a really good reminder to dig into what are your personal values and what are the things that are going to matter to you no matter what. Because when things are in transition, at least for me, that's when life feels so 
up in the air, so unsure. It feels like it's off its schedule. I don't know what's happening. I feel overwhelmed by all the change. But if I can just keep coming back to like, wait, 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 what matters? My relationship with my children, my relationship with my best friends, my faith, my work, my my desire to grow and evolve as a human. Like these are my core values that will not change no matter what is going on in the world around me. And if I can cling to those, then I can remind myself that the transition I'm in is really just the aesthetic changing. We're just getting a new coat of paint. We're just remodeling the house. We're just adding on another room. We're just changing what that looks like. But who I am inside is not changing. It's only going to be made better by having gone through something as difficult as whatever it is I'm walking through. The third thing that I think is really, really important when you're in transition is your circle. This is another one of those things that we have talked about so much, but just in case you're new here or you need to hear me say this again, you are the combination of the five people you spend the most time with, period. You are the combination of the five people that you spend the most time with. And so if you're experiencing something in your life right now that you either are loving, like you're seeing just like growth and joy and contribution and like energy and like you're feeling, I always love to ask myself, okay, like who in my life is adding to this, is creating this equation with me, is making it so much more better and beautiful and and more robust because those are the relationships that I really want to grow. I want to pour gasoline on that. I want to make it feel stronger and better and grow deeper roots in this thing that's really helping me to thrive. And I want to make sure that I'm showing up for this person or these people in the same way that they're showing up for me. The flip side is when I've had seasons in my life where I'm like, why am I so... Um, I'm so anxious or I'm 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 being really gossipy or I'm not showing up like the woman I want to be or I feel like I'm kind of falling off track. I feel like I'm backtracking or I feel like, you know, I'm I'm slacking or I, whatever it is, like they're negative things, then I also have to ask myself, okay, what happened? Who am I spending time with? Or maybe I'm not even spending time with other humans. Maybe it's like I'm consuming a lot of media that's contributing to those feelings that I have. You are who you surround yourself with. And I know, believe me, I know that we don't always have access to like our ideal five people, right? We don't always have access to someone who's like a coach and someone who's like encouraging and someone who's a teacher. Like we don't always have access to that. But the good news is you live in a world where there's YouTube and podcasts and information on the internet. There's so much stuff that exists out there for free that you can pick and choose what you consume to make sure you're consuming things that are helping you to feel like the person you wanna become. Whatever you're taking into your head and your heart, that stuff's gonna stick. Even if you think like, oh, I'm just sort of reading this thing that's happening in the news and I'm gonna let it go. No, you are filling your mind and your spirit with the thought process that you're gonna have later. So we want to be really conscious of what we're taking in to make sure that it's the kind of person that we want to be. Your circle really matters. And I got to see that by going on this business trip. Like it's the first time that I got to sit with entrepreneur friends and just like have that energy in person of, 
okay, what does this look like? And how is this? And people who get it. And I know not everybody listening to this is an entrepreneur, but you have your version of this, right? Like maybe you need to sit in a group of people who are new moms. Maybe you need to sit in a group of people who are recent college grads looking for their dream job. Or maybe you need to sit with people who are empty nesters or retired. Like whatever season you're in, you want to make sure that you have a circle of people who get it, but also are like, I always want in my circle, people who are better than I am at the thing that I'm trying to become better at. And I mean like people who are more spiritual than I am. And so I want to be able to like absorb that or people who are smarter than I am or people who are more socially conscious than I am or people who are um, better at relationships or better at business. I want to be able to sit with those people and glean that wisdom And then I also am really mindful of how am I contributing to the thing that they want to grow in in their life. And just in case you're wondering, I literally did this like um, a couple weeks ago. I met um, some new friends and before the night was over, because I was just like, oh, I already know we're going to be dear friends. Like I could tell we'd had a great time. And I asked them before they left, I said, what are you, what do you need in a friend? And they were so taken aback. They were like, what? And it took them a minute to think it through. And you know me, like I'll challenge anybody to anything. I'm like, no, I want you to tell me what is the thing that you're missing right now in the friendships that you have or the relationships that you have or something that you need in your life. But I want to know as your new friend how I can show up for you in the exact way that you need me to show up. And it ended up being such a beautiful conversation. And I still know this. It was a couple that I was hanging out with. I know for both of them how to show up as our friendship grows. And what's interesting is I'd ask you, for your friends that you've had for years, have you had that conversation? My closest friends and I ask that question of each other probably once a quarter. How do you need me to show up right now? Because I think we think We know how someone wants us to be in their life, and you might have it totally wrong. So if you're getting energy and momentum from the people in your circle, you want to make sure you're giving it back in the way that's going to serve them as well as you are getting served. The fourth thing is feelings versus thoughts, or said another way, head versus heart inside of a season like this one. The best example I can think of for this is uh, maybe two years ago, maybe, yeah, two years ago, 18 months ago, we were on a family trip. So it was me, my ex-husband, Dave, our four kids, and our daughter was two and a half or three. And we were on a plane going home for the holidays. And she was just at the worst possible age to be on a plane for many hours. She was wild. She didn't want to sit in her seat. She was, you know, totally screaming and bothering the other people on the flight. And you're just like, oh gosh, this is the worst. And it was so stressful. And I'm, you know, about to have an attack of just like, oh, please, Lord, help me through this flight. And I look over and Dave is like, zen. He is Zen. And our daughter is freaking out. There's no world where like, I'm I'm like, what are you on? How are you okay right now? And he was like, oh, I'm not actually, I'm not actually on this plane. I'm hovering above it. And I was like, what? He's like, no, no, no. Like, no, I know my body is, is in the plane. 
But my my I am, you know, 10. I'm like riding on the roof of the plane. Like I'm not actually here. I'm not present in this moment because this is too intense. And I just need to like be above it. And we laughed and laughed. And still to this day, I'll be I literally just asked him this last weekend. We were talking about something. I was like, are you are you hovering above the plane right now? Which is our way of saying, like, are you sort of pulling yourself above the problem that you're in? When we're in transition, I think I'd like to think for myself and maybe for you to consider the idea of what does it mean to be in the plane and also above it? Meaning, what does it mean to be inside of the discomfort, to hold the pain, to be willing to sit in what it is, to feel it? This is like the heart. What is it to be inside of this and feel whatever you need to feel? You know, I believe that we have the ability to reach for joy. I believe with every ounce of my being that we can choose positivity in our lives. I believe it. And it's also the thing that I get the most crap for in my work is people are like, you're too positive. It's fake positivity. I'm like, bullshit. It's not fake positivity. I've had a really freaking hard life. My childhood was garbage, was so hard. This skill set that I have is not because life is easy. The skill set that I have as an adult is because of the horror that I lived through as a little girl. And I learned to do this back then. So I understand that this idea of reaching for something positive, I get that's not for everybody. I totally understand. And I think that we all have to be able to process life in a way that makes the most sense for our heart. But that being said, how I process is a willingness to sit in the discomfort, but also having faith that I'm going to get to the place where I feel hopeful again. I am willing to sit in the pain knowing that at some point I'm going to feel like reaching for joy. I'm going to feel like finding something to laugh about. I'm going to feel like having a positive moment. I'm going to feel like reaching. That is how I process. I get that it's not for everybody, but I also know that it's for me. And I'm sure that if you listen to someone else's podcast, they'd have a different way. But this is how I live my life. And it is very important. For me and for a lot of people who've pulled themselves through trauma, this is a skill set that we develop. And it's not for everybody, but I'm not going to stop telling you that that's what I do because that is what I do. But when we're in something like this, when we're in something hard, we have to be able to sit in the discomfort. There's a lesson in the discomfort. There's knowledge that we are supposed to gain in the painful parts of it. So what does it look like for you to act with your heart, which is to feel what you're in, but also, like Dave, on that plane ride with our daughter, to float above it. Can you hold both of those spaces? When I say float above it, what that looks like to me is to separate yourself from all of the thoughts that you're having, to separate yourself from everything that is making you anxious or all all of those things, because it's almost like When I say separate yourself from the thoughts, how I do it is to try and almost like take a step back in my brain and watch my thoughts as they're happening. If you've ever done guided meditation, this is something that they'll talk through a lot, is this idea of can you watch your thoughts instead of sitting inside of them? Because when you can watch your thoughts happening, it's allowing you to just separate yourself from those feelings a little bit. And in the separation, that's where we find 
the road ahead. That's where we can see a little bit clearer what the next move is, where we should go, what we should lean into, what do we need? Do we need to make an appointment with our therapist? Do we need to go laugh with our girlfriends? Do What do we need in this moment? The only way that I personally can ever figure that out is if I can separate myself a little bit. So I just want you to think of like the 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 visual in your mind is like you're inside the plane and also you're above it. You're on the ground and you're 50,000 feet sort of looking for the roadmap ahead. Lastly, and this is a nice transition from what I just talked about, the most important thing is some direction to head. You have to have some direction to head. And I don't care if truly, you guys, I don't care if you're like, this is such a hard season. The only thing that I can have direction with is that next Tuesday, I'm going to go on a walk. Great. It doesn't matter what it is, but I do believe that we have to head somewhere because what happens inside of a transitional period or change is that we either get stuck or we wander completely off course. I think we've all probably experienced that in our lives where like you lose nine months, maybe you lose five years where you just get so far off course that you it feels impossible to come back. And so you just keep procrastinating. For me, the way I can pull myself back through is to give myself some direction. And it can be really simple things that are not that far away. It could be something that you're like, okay, a month from now, I'm going to have built a garden. A month from now, I'm going to be able to run two miles without stopping. A month from now, I'm going to have the first you know, three chapters of this book I've always wanted to write. Whatever it is, just give yourself somewhere to head. Somewhere to head that is you getting closer to the version of yourself you want to be. This is like the idea of habits again. How do you choose a destination that's going to help you become anything closer to where you want to be? Because if you don't have that direction, you will wander off course and get closer to the version you don't want to be. So those are the five things that I thought about. And I hope that this was really helpful for you guys. And I hope you got like some little nugget in here that you can use to guide you through a hard season. If you know someone who's having a hard time right now, maybe you could send this podcast to them and and see if it'll be helpful. But as always, every single thing that I know in life is the result of encountering a problem and then trying to figure out a solution to it. So this is just things that I've tested over time, books I've read, YouTube videos I watch, podcasts like this one that I've listened to. So if you were hoping for information and you didn't get it, I just want to encourage you to be curious in your own life and do the research. There's so much information out there and there are all kinds of ideas that might be perfect for exactly where you find yourself right now in the world. That's where I find myself right now in the world. And all my friends too, we're all in big transitions in life. And I believe that there's beauty on the other side of this. So I'm just going to keep walking forward with faith that we're going to get there. And I hope you'll do the same. I will meet you back here next week. And as always, I want you to remember that I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. 
Our show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is a 3% Chance production.